Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode of the Love Food Podcast is brought to you by Green Mountain at Fox Run the pioneering women's retreat to help you find peace with food, fitness, and your body. Green Mountain is excited to announce a one-time opportunity to first-time guests, an all-new Taste of Green Mountain weekend program. Participants will be introduced to key strategies to learn to eat, move, feel, and live in the moment. To hashtag be her now, visit fitwoman.com forward slash love food for more information. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by award-winning dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita, and let's begin. And welcome to episode 59 of a Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and food peace promoter. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. Have you tried to heal your relationship with food yet 
discouraged by the change in your weight? And maybe the word discouraged is too much of a minimization. Has it left you pissed off that like healing your relationship with food has made your weight go up? Well, I think it's important for you to listen to this episode because you'll appreciate this episode's letter. And it's really important because I am releasing this episode at the start of Eating Disorder Awareness Week and how we experience weight as individuals or as a community affects our collective cultural eating disorder recovery. Because, you know, I really feel like we are helping people recover from an eating disorder in a world that hasn't recovered yet. So how we experience our own weight and the weight of other people and how we experience judgment based on that weight and how we manipulate science based on how we experience someone's weight all is going to affect our cultural eating disorder recovery. And I'm really, really pulling for us because I feel like as a community, as a universe, we can do so much more good if we just weren't so darn focused on how much we hated our bodies. Part of recovering from an eating disorder, I think is going to take changing the game. I feel like part of eating disorders, you know, they're very complicated biological condition. There's genetic parts to it, but there's also this like change in eating status that we clinicians will often put with it. And that quote unquote change in eating status, what that means is dieting is a part of the eating disorder experience. And I think if we didn't have diets, if they weren't the default way of eating, if they weren't normal, there would be less eating disorders. And you know what? Science is also behind this as well. So I want to leave you with a hashtag that I encourage you to search for in a few days. If you're listening to this podcast when I release it in real time, wait a few days. But by March 1st, I want you to search for hashtag change the game. There's a few other people that I have um, teamed up with to really put some mojo out there into the universe to help start change the conversation. Because really dieting is not healthy eating. It is really this sick, seductive kind of fantasy that leads us to believe that we're going to be happier and healthier once we finish the diet. But we all know, and if you don't know, you will soon, (laughs) after the diet, it's even more miserable. So it's time we change the game. All right, enough about that. I look forward to hearing how you experience this week's letter and the solutions I provide. So let's go ahead and get to it. Dear Food, will I ever be able to trust you? I want to, but I feel like it's simply not possible. It feels like you and my body are teaming up against me in a battle I will never win, and I'm starting to feel hopeless. We've been through it all. I cannot remember a time when my relationship with you was healthy. You've always been the enemy. I learned these things from my mother and followed in her footsteps of constant dieting ever since I was a little girl. In college, my disordered relationship with you became a full-blown eating disorder and my life was at stake. Several hospital stays, residential treatment stays, and intensive outpatient programs later, 
I am in a physically healthy place. My last residential treatment center two years ago did not use typical meal planning of any kind, but instead focused purely on intuitive eating. And it was exactly what I needed in order to recover from anorexia. And that's what I've been doing since then. But here's the thing. I left treatment, weight restored, and at my set healthy weight determined by my treatment team. My eating disorder was not happy with it, but I physically felt good and actually began to accept my body for the first time in my life. Within a few months of discharging, I gained X pounds. My team thought it could have been medication. So those were adjusted and I was told it was likely it would restabilize back to where it was with time. But months went by and nothing changed. It's two years later and nothing has changed. Well, that's actually not true. I've continued to gain weight. I've tracked my food and gone through countless food logs with my dietitian. She's confident I'm not overeating. I'm being honest with everyone, not using symptoms, and I have even been seeing my primary care physician frequently to rule out medical issues. So what does that leave? You, food, you've betrayed me. I've tried trusting my body with you and being intuitive and look where that has gotten me. I'm tired of this. I've been at war with you for so long and was so hopeful that intuitive eating would help us find some peace. I'm at a loss. My team can't figure it out and they're concerned about my increasing unstable weight. There isn't a word strong enough to adequately portray how upset I am about this and with you. Anytime the topic of my weight comes up, I burst into tears and I sob. I blame you. I don't want to go back to my eating disorder, but most days it feels like the only option to get my weight back to where it needs to be is the eating disorder. I'm sorry, food. I want to trust you and be okay with you, but I just don't know if that will ever happen for us. Sincerely, feeling betrayed and losing hope. Before we explore this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Green Mountain at Fox Run, the pioneering women's retreat to help you find peace with food, fitness, and your body in Ludlow, Vermont. For over 40 years, Green Mountain has developed sustainable, non-diet strategies for women who struggle with weight, emotional and binge eating, and feelings of food addiction. Last year, Green Mountain opened its Women's Center for Binge and Emotional Eating, the only clinical program in the nation dedicated solely to women suffering with binge eating disorder and emotional eating. Ready to set yourself free from dieting and restrictions, untruths, and fads? Visit fitwoman.com forward slash love food for more information about Green Mountain at Fox Run and the Women's Center for Binge and Emotional Eating. A life free of weight, eating, and body struggles is closer than you think. Visit fitwoman.com forward slash love food for more information. Hey there, letter writer. I am so glad you wrote. I have been wanting to talk about this for a very long time. So thank you for giving me this opportunity. And thank you for sharing your experience because What you're describing is something that I know you're not alone experiencing because I have sat with many people struggling with this same experience. So I hope um, just knowing that you're not alone helps it to feel a smidge easier. And you know, you probably already know this letter writer, but eating disorders kill more people than any other mental illness. 
and one person dies every 23 hours from an eating disorder. And I'm releasing this episode during um, the United States Eating Disorder Awareness Week. And this is a time where it's really important for those of us who are affected by eating disorders to speak out and let people know, let the world know that eating disorders are not a phase. They're not just something that people can get over really quickly and that they do kill people. And something that I want people to know along with that is that um, people with eating disorders are dying and they are the kind of metaphorical canary in the coal mine for the rest of us who don't have an eating disorder. And what that metaphor means is that, you know, back, I think it was in uh, maybe the 30s and 40s, coal miners, before they had sophisticated equipment to help them to know when there was toxic levels of gas in the coal mine, they used to bring down canaries. And the reason they brought them down and is because if the canary was singing, they knew that there was not enough toxic gas in there to hurt anybody. And then if the canary stopped singing, they knew that they had just a smidge of time. I can't believe I just said the word smidge twice now. <laughs> but anyway, that they knew that there was a smidge of time for them to get out of there because it was t- more toxic to the canary, um, but it would eventually become too toxic for them. And for you, letter writer, you are a canary to us, to those of us without an eating disorder, because our toxic world with its normalization of disordered eating and dieting and this kind of forceful um, expectation that we all must attain a thin ideal and stay there throughout our whole life, those are cultural expectations that are toxic. And sadly, they affected you first. But if we don't turn this ship around and get the hell out of this toxic environment, then we're all going to be affected negatively. And I think many of us are. And so as we kind of consider this week of Eating Disorder Awareness Week, um, I want you to keep fighting Letter Writer and anyone else who's affected by an eating disorder and just know by you doing this, and you know, trying to change your relationship with food and also speaking up about it, you're eventually helping other people who could be affected by it too. So I thank you. But back to you, letter writer. You bring up some really, really important experiences. And with everything that you said in your letter, you're healthy now. You're stable now. You're not on death's door anymore. The eating disorder could have killed you. I and mean, it sounds like it was really dire. And, you know, you, with all the um, tools that you found to help you, including a treatment philosophy that it didn't include kind of meal planning type of um, systems. And if anyone here is not familiar with it, but what the letter writer is referring to is um, a lot of people, when they go get treatment for their eating disorder, they get a meal plan. And that meal plan is usually based on these like food portioning kind of systems. Um, A lot of times we call them exchanges. And it's just another way really to make sure that the person is getting enough. And it's also a way for we clinicians to to talk about it. But unfortunately, it ends up being this like necessary evil for many treatment um, facilities and treatment providers. And 
Um, I certainly have used and still use at times meal planning because sometimes it's all we got. But more and more, uh, we're learning that we don't have to necessarily use those systems, that we can find a way to use intuitive eating earlier on than we thought. And so I'm so glad that you found a system that worked for you to help you heal your relationship with food and your body and to be safe. And I want to highlight something that you said. You mentioned that you and your treatment team found your set healthy weight. And I just want to put a question mark instead of a period after that, because just knowing treatment providers that do intuitive eating in a treatment facility, I have a feeling that they would agree with this and is that we're, we're really just guessing, you know, we, we don't know exactly what someone is supposed to weigh. We sure do take in a lot of data to try to figure it out because we know it can be really important in the beginning stages of recovery and in certain times in recovery to know what a person's supposed to weigh because, you know, when, when we're trying to help someone to nutritionally rehabilitate themselves, we really are telling them to trust us and to do the opposite of what their biology is telling them and to eat more than their body is telling them to do or really their brain is telling them to do. And so I know for me, I often ask about a person's weight history over time. I find out about their family weight history if they have that. Um, And we try to go back as far as possible But honestly, anytime we're doing this, we're just taking an educated guess because uh, guessing someone's weight is kind of like a moving target, um, especially the younger they are and the longer they've been affected by an eating disorder. So as much as we can try to make the right guess, um, it's never an exact number. It can't be because um, our bodies are always changing. And one of my big criticisms for how people talk about healthy weight currently in our world is it's such a exact number, no matter how old we are. Um, but you know, I'm someone who's almost 42 years old, and my body's changing, and I think that is a normal thing. Uh, you know, the women I see around me and my family or my friends, our bodies change, and I think that is part of being a human our earth suit changes as time goes on. And unfortunately, we live in a world that doesn't accept this as normal, especially if we get bigger in any way. But certainly there's research that is pointing to, hmm, maybe actually being in a little bit of a larger body or maybe not even a little bit. Being in a larger body as we get older is something that kind of have some protection. And it's really important to be okay with that, to let that sit that maybe we didn't get this whole weight thing correct. Because when we have such a binary type of um, thought process on weight as only bad, we could be missing out. And I think we are missing out on some really important health protections. And we're also labeling people as unhealthy when they very well should just be left alone. (laughs) Because if we mess with someone's weight and try to manipulate it, that is going to lead to more unhealthy behaviors, I think, in the long run. So for you, letter writer, what I got from your letter is that you're eating now the amount your body needs, yet you're still fighting. There's this fight, there's this battle, and I get that you're exhausted. You don't want to fight anymore. And you you named your enemy as food um, because food is the blame in your 
thought process at this point. Food is to blame for your weight going up. And I'm wondering, what if you haven't labeled the enemy correctly? What if you've been fighting food this whole time and really your body this whole time? And what if those aren't the enemies? Because the way that I'm seeing it, I see some different enemies. I see body hate as an enemy, the need for control as an enemy, body perception and valuing body perception as an enemy. I also see valuing the judgment that others may be placing on you because of your size. Those, those four things there are getting so much power. And I really think those are the big enemies here. I mean, I think for you, letter writer, those are the four things that lead to this toxic kind of environment that leads you down that path of an eating disorder. And again, remember that canary, you know, other people that may not do anything or much of anything may just cause a little blip, but for you and other people with the genetic predisposition for an eating disorder, it could really get to this place where it could be deadly. So I first would encourage you to reconsider your, your enemy, you know, and how I think about this is from, I want to share a tool with you. And where I gathered this is from learning two books by Hirschman and Munter. Um, One was Overcoming Overeating, and then When Women Stop Hating Their Bodies. These are two books that these women wrote um, in the 90s. So they're not like these new (laughs) sparkling tools, but I always find myself rereading them and going back to them because there's so much wisdom um, in the metaphor and... um, I think also like the feminist type of approach to recovery that the letter the um, the authors of these books use, and in the book when w- women stop hating their bodies, I do this activity that I want to read for you, and I do this activity in a group that I co lead with Dr. Maria Predes, who is on the Love Food podcast. We um, at times will do body image groups and. Um, if you want to hear some other type of um, activity activities we do, she read one of them in episode 22. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes for you. So I'm going to read this for you, letter writer, and anyone listening. And as I'm reading through it, I want you to suspend your disbelief for the moment. And I want you to close your eyes if you can and really put yourself in a place that may seem a bit ridiculous. Just give me a moment to make a point. I think you'll find it really helpful because I hear you're stuck and you're exhausted and you're done with the fighting, but also stuck. So again, suspend your disbelief for the moment and imagine that the atmosphere is about to be infused with a strange and powerful substance. It creates an environment in which no one's body is considered more beautiful than any other. It's an environment in which bad body thoughts no longer exist in your mind or anyone else's, and all bodies are regarded as lovely and interesting, no matter their size. Letter writer, how would you lead your life in this new atmosphere? How would you feel walking down the street in the body you have right now? What would you wear? 
once you are no longer waiting to change your size? Would you take that trip to the beach you have been postponing until you lose weight? How about the exercise regimen you are planning to begin? Are you still interested? Even though you know that no one else is going to think any different if you stay at the size you're at? How would you feel sitting on a bus or buying your groceries? How would you order lunch at a restaurant? Would you order anything different than you have been? How would you react to hunger? How would you react to fullness? How would you experience your body? I want to pause again because I think that's a really important question. For you, letter writer, anyone else who's experiencing this or fears weight gain or continued weight gain or just feels like your body is just totally unacceptable the way it is right now, what if the world didn't see bodies as different based on size? What if we all had the label of as precious and important the way that we are now? How would you experience your body? So one thing I know to be true, we don't know what weight you're supposed to be at, letter writer. And we don't know what's making your weight go up. And honestly, we may never know. But for you to stay safe, this is just what may need to happen. I appreciate that. It's a tremendously gritty, sharp, pointed pill to swallow. And what I read from your letter is that this eating disorder almost killed you and you're stable and healthy now. I hope that things like this podcast, Eating Disorder Awareness Week, and all the work that you're doing, that I'm doing, and hundreds of thousands of other people are doing to end weight stigma, weight weight discrimination, and to make people less fat phobic. I hope those are all things that will help you to feel like you can put down that like axe that you're carrying to fight your body and put down the shields and to feel like you don't have to fight anymore because you have already been through the battle. You've already like been through the war. It's time for you to stay connected and embodied and to let the world know that you're here, that you're not hiding anymore. We need you in this world and we need you as you are right now. So I see food has written back. So again, letter writer, I am so grateful that you wrote this letter. I think many people are going to identify with what you're experiencing and, um, you know, keep us posted on how things are going. I'll be thinking about you, sending you some good vibes and yeah, keep us posted. Take care. Dear feeling betrayed and losing hope. Friend, we are tired of fighting you, yet we will always fight for you. In order for you to thrive, we need to stay connected. We have been trying to gently let you know that we are on your side, and every time it gets close to a reconciliation, we get blamed and thrown under the bus. 
We aren't the problem. Our culture's view on size and weight is the problem. We do want you to know we understand and we will always be here as a vehicle to connection, community, and health when you can do this. But we please beg you to reconsider. We aren't your enemy and we don't want to be. Love, food. Do you have a complicated relationship with food and want to change? I want to help. Send your dear food letter to lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. I hope to read about your experiences soon. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Love Food series. Have you enjoyed the show or would you like to give me feedback? I welcome your thoughts. Please give a review in iTunes and subscribe. This type of kindness helps the show continue. You can also tweet me at eatingpermitrd. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.